Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome back to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Eli Dur. Alava shalom leyunashmat Eliyahu ben Sion Farida for his shiloshim, sponsored by his son, Sonny Dur. Also sponsored by Stephen Rapport, dedicated in honor of the very talented father and son, Hazantim, Shmuel and Eliyahu Levi. It's always great to hear from them. Also sponsored by Benjamin Navi, dedicated in loving memory of his grandfather, Leunashmat Moshe Chaim and Goli, and Rachamim HaKohen Alav Ashalom. In loving memory of Myron, Mike Rishti, Alav Ashalom, Leunashmat Meir Ben Rachel, sponsored by his daughter, Robin Beda, and dedicated for the speedy and complete Rufu Ashlema, for Avo Ben Sarah, Shani Shoshana Batlili, and Nathaniel Ben Batia, sponsored anonymously. Also dedicated by Yehuda, Yehuda and Yehudit Yovitz, in loving memory, the beloved son, Mordechai ben Yehuda Chaim, Alav HaShalom. Uh, and, and as well for Refuah Shalema, for Rabbani Chana Farchi, Chana Batsim Efega, and Rabbi Eli Abadi Eliyahu Shemom and Vazafu to name. And the week of Kobu is sponsored by David Yash in honor of you and your substantial capacity of good today and every day. Okay, my friends. I want to share with you something very beautiful. The Pasuk says, Shofetim, Vishotirim, Titen Lecha, Policemen, Shoftim and Shotrim. Policemen and judges, or judges and policemen. You shall appoint, Titen Lecha. You shall place in all of your gates. And they will judge the people with, uh, they'll judge the people a correct and a righteous, um, a just justice. My friends, I think there's a beautiful um, word that we're being taught over here. Titen lecha. These policemen, these judges that you're going to appoint, these leaders that you're going to appoint, with the specific purpose of upholding the law, of upholding tradition in the community, the only way they can do their job is titen lecha. If you appoint them. And I need to explain what I mean when I say this. I'll give you a, a beautiful example, but an example that has a very deep and profound nimshal. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, alava shalom, he was very, very humble, one of the great leaders uh, that lived in our lifetime. And very, very humble person, you know, with a beautiful smile. He, was, uh, he really embodied, uh, you know, the beauty and the sweetness of Torah along with tremendous scholarship. But he never spoke about himself, his achievements, his position. He always made himself like he was a nobody, like, uh, you know, out of his humility. Except for one time. There was a family that came to the rabbi, and they had a son. Unfortunately, the son was not mentally well. And the son needed to check into a, uh, a specific, or, you know, uh, a school a, or, a, or, a, or a home where they could take care of him, where hopefully they could nurse him back to health, they could deal with his medications, etc., etc., to be able to try and get him to become better. The problem is, the parents are telling the rabbi, we can't get him to go. The kid's refusing. He's absolutely, he's a big kid, he's already a teenager. He's absolutely refusing to go. What are we going to do? We can't get him to go. Shlomo Zaman says, bring him to my house. The boy comes to the house of the rabbi, comes inside, rabbi sits him down, he asks the young boy, he says, do you know who I am? Boy says, no, I don't know who you are, you look like a rabbi. 
He says, I'm not just any rabbi. Rav Shlomo Zalman was very short. He stands up as tall as he can. And he says, my name is Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach. And not only am I a rabbi, but rabbis from all around the world, when they have questions, you know who they send their questions to? They send their questions to me. I'm the biggest rabbi. Everyone is looking. They never heard him talk like this in their life. And then he says to this young man, he says, and I have a very important mission for you. As the Gadol Ador, as the biggest rabbi, I have a very important mission for you. He says, there's a certain uh, uh, home in the north of Israel, and I, I, uh, I need someone to look after this place and to make sure that everything is run correctly. He says, I am hereby appointing you as the rabbi of the organization. And I'm sending you there to make sure that you look and you check that everything is being done the correct way, the Jewish way, the right way. It's your responsibility. And I'm appointing you and I'm ordaining you as a rabbi. Uh, please, the boy's face lights up. The great rabbi of the generation just made him the rabbi. Not only did he make him a rabbi, he gave him a job and a mission. He's got to go look after all the people over there, check that, make sure the food's kosher, work on the eruv, do everything, take care. He's the rabbi. His parents came back to Rabbi Shlomo Zama. They said, when it comes time for the holidays, he doesn't want to leave. Shabbats, he stays. Because how's he going to leave the place without its rabbi? My friends, it's a beautiful story of a, of a rabbi who cared so much about someone that he spoke about himself in a way he never did. And he did something with such sensitivity that he knew he would need to do in order for this boy who was not mentally there to feel like he wanted to go and he wanted to be in this place where they could look after him and take care of his health. Beautiful little story. But in my mind, the story is not only about Rav Shlomo Zalman and a boy who was mentally handicapped. It's a story about every rabbi. It's a story about every leader whose power and ability to be able to communicate a message or to speak to someone or toward to something in a time of great need or crisis depends on the misra, on the job, on the title, on the kavod that the people give the rabbi. If you have a community that has a rabbi and they have no respect for him, you know, it's not about the rabbi and his respect. That rabbi is powerless. He has no legs and he has no arms. There's nothing he could do in the community if something comes up. He has no uh, oomph. He has no uh, ability to change something. He has no ability to stand up for something. You know why? Because the people have not placed that kavod, placed that power in his hands. Says the pasuk, you want to uphold the law in your cities, you're going to need judges and you're going to need policemen. But the policemen and the judges are only as powerful as the power that you give them. And we are witnessing this in today's day and age in a way where we've never seen it in this country. We have judges, we have police. What power do the police have in this city today? Zero. You walk in, I see people, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen someone steal from a store yet? Yes. With my own eyes. Morn Williams. Guy walks in, fills his basket, walks out. 
And what's the manager telling the people, his workers? Leave him, leave him. You know why? Because if they tackle him, they get sued. What kind of judges? What kind of police? But when you have people marching in the street, saying that the police should have no power, what happens? The police have no power. My friends, but I keep saying this again and again, the job of a Torah student is to see the Torah with the widest lens and not the most narrow lens. When we talk about our leaders, what kind of kavod and power do we give them? And I must add to this, your children are watching the way you speak to your rabbi. And I have to say that you may have a rabbi who was a great rabbi from the last generation. My rabbi was Ham Yaakov Kassim. Wow, what a rabbi he was. I can tell you one thing. You know whose rabbi is not Ham Yaakov Kassim? Your children. And you know who, whose rabbi is Fishona Chacham Baruch? Your grandchildren. You know who's going to be their rabbi? The rabbis that today are the young rabbis in the community. Those are going to be their rabbis. If you treat them like they're youngsters, and that's how you relate to them, and that's the way you see them, and that's the way you speak about them, you know what happens? Your children have no rabbis. If we undermine the power and the decisions of, a, uh, of the community, of a school that we, we send our children to, if we disagree, the synagogue, you know, the school says that everyone has to, and I say, yeah, who cares what the school says? The school says you can't, you can't go take off a dill here. Who cares? The school says that you can't make, I don't know if you know this, my daughter, they have uh, these rules about making bat mitzvahs, about making bar mitzvahs, how many kids are allowed to come, they don't want competition. So you have lots of parents, and it, my kids came to me, they said, oh, the other parents are not doing it. I said, I don't care, they're raising their children wrong. You can't send your kids to a school. And the kids are in that school. And the way you speak about the school is that their decisions don't matter, and they don't know what they're doing. Because you know what? What does your kid think when it comes to every other thing that they have to listen to the school about? The school doesn't know what they're doing. You have to think very, very carefully. When you undermine the authority of the people you want to have authority in the community. I find oftentimes that there's a little bit of a tightrope that we walk. And sometimes we have in our mind nuance to be able to understand what we mean. I'll give you an example for this. Can I give you an example? You know, I think sometimes the wrong person to ask a question to is your rabbi. I'll give you an example. You have a medical procedure to do, I think the person you're supposed to ask is a medical professional. Not a rabbi. She got a beracha from the rabbi. Rabbi should pray for you. If there's a halachic question about the medical treatment, you could ask the halachic question. But the idea that you're going to ask a rabbi which surgery to do, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You're going to ask a rabbi to be a therapist when he did not train and he has no background in understanding psychology. Why, why is he the person? Why is he the address? 
Is that, does that make sense? It makes sense, doesn't it? There's things that people are professionals in. And there's things that people are not professional in. But my friends, my friends, and this is super careful we have to be, how careful we have to be. When you say in front of your children, ah, what does a rabbi know about this? Even if the statement is correct, and you know what you mean, your child may hear that statement and hear not, what does the rabbi know about this specific thing? I think we ought to ask somebody else. What they heard is, rabbi doesn't know what he's talking about. And unfortunately, at a later stage, when you're having some sort of issue and you need the rabbi to talk to your daughter or your son, you're already bankrupted any credibility that he's got. Only you are going to be the one that gives that authority. My friends, it's not only true with rabbis and authority figures. I have this all the time where parents, mothers, and fathers undermine each other's authority. Don't tell mommy. Don't tell mommy. Just, just do it. Just don't tell her. Don't tell mommy. What are you telling your kid? You tell, first of all, you're telling your kid to lie. But second of all, mommy doesn't know what she's talking about. Mommy's high strung. Mommy's mejnoon. Mommy's paranoid. We don't realize that you're a team. And today, this job, you feel you're communicating the message very well. God bless you. Maybe you are. But tomorrow there's going to be something that she needs. She's going to need to talk. And you know what? You just planted in your kid. Mommy's hysterical. She gets nuts over everything. You know what? Don't tell mommy. And vice versa. You tell your father, he's going to lose his temper. Now you told your child that your husband has an anger issue. He can't be relied upon to deal with sensitive information. Husbands and wives need to link up together and recognize that they are fighting, not this battle, but all the battles, together side by side. Contradicting each other in front of the kids. Arguing with each other in front of the kids and using language that, you know what? She'll forgive you, you'll forgive him. But the kid don't forget that you said, what are you, nuts? They heard you say those words that took their mother down a peg. I can't believe you're so selfish. You want to argue with your wife about something? Fadal. There's rooms in the house that have doors on them. Not in front of the kids. We have to be so careful. Because otherwise, you lost everything. My friends, I want to end with just uh, with this. The Pasuk says, and they will serve, they will judge the people. Mishpat Tzedek. Now it always bothered me this. What does Mishpat Tzedek mean? Mishpat means something which is just. Tzedek means something which is just. They're gonna, they're gonna judge the people with just justice. What does that mean? Sorry? 
Careful, we're going to have a we're going to have protests in the shul. Careful. <laughs> so I want to share with you something that I think is very powerful. I think that especially when it comes to shofetim v'shoterim, when it comes to fathers and mothers, when it comes to rabbis, when it comes to schools, there's no one address that raises a child. The father needs the mother, the mother needs the father. They both need a rabbi. The rabbi needs a school. The school needs a camp. The camp needs, this is how it works, a Torah center. And you know what? With all of them together, a child hears, understands, gets what they need, each flavor from the one that they get. Says the Pasuk, a shofet and a shoter are two different things. What does a shofet do? The shofet is the guy who gives hands down the, the ruling. What does the shoter do? The shoter makes sure that the decree, that the verdict is upheld. When everybody understands everybody else's role, then vishafetu together, they come up with mishpat tzedek. But if any one of them tries to do it on their own, it doesn't work. I'll give you an example. You have the father, the father's, you know, the discipline, strong, this, that. And you know what? Alamak, very good. I'm very happy for you. To... Without the mother, the nurturing mother, what happens to that kid? The kid gets destroyed. The mother's, why are you always yelling? She loves, sweet, this, encouraging, positive. Without the husband laying down the law, what happens to this kid? He's mollycoddled, spoiled, and he thinks he can get away with everything. Everybody needs everybody else. And together, vishafetu, and then together they judge the people, mishpat tzedek. You know why? Because otherwise, everybody's right, but they're not right all the time. Your discipline is just today, but not in the next case. Your love and your kindness and your softness is right in its time, but not in every case. The shofet is right sometimes. The shoter is right sometimes. You have parents that come to the school. I don't understand. Why did you suspend my son? He, ba, 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 he did this, he did that. The guy, the principal says, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not running a one-on-one -on -one learning program for your son. I'm running a school. We can't have a situation where, the, where there's a breakdown in the school. Sometimes we need to do things where we're not thinking only about your son. Who are we thinking about? The whole class. We're thinking, we need, to teach some, we need to teach the kids a lesson. Somebody did wrong, we have to make sure it doesn't get done again. Now here's the crazy thing. Parents go home super mad at the principal. Can't believe he did that. I have a question for you. You want to send your kid to a school? You do. You want the school to exist? You do. If the principal never did what the principal does, would you have a school to send your kid to? No. So sometimes you have to hit pause for a second and recognize that instead of fuming the whole way home, cursing out the principal in front of the child, you have to think to yourself, you know what I need in my circle of influence for my child? I also need the guy who sometimes does what the principal does even when I disagree. And if I can't uphold it, I'm not saying old school. Kid comes home after getting slapped by the teacher and the parent says, what did you do? I'm not going that far. I'm not saying that you have to all the time side with them. It is possible to side, so to speak, to be with your child, but at the same time to speak respectfully 
and with some level of understanding about the school. It is possible. My friends, that message is so powerful in today's day and age. And you have to recognize that there's only so much authority, guidance, um, uh, teaching. There's only so much in that account as we put into it. And whether it will be there or not, in your hour of need, depends on how many deposits you made all throughout your life. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.